Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. everybody. Joe Laro here. Welcome to this chilly Sunday evenings episode of the American Grooves Radio Hour. And that, as so many of you know, was the Carter family. Hello, stranger. But what you might not know is very much, if anything, about the subject of tonight's broadcast. His name was Harry Everett Smith. He was not a musician, but he was almost everything else. He was a visual artist, an experimental filmmaker, a bohemian, a mystic, a largely self-taught anthropologist, a neo-Gnostic bishop, a big part of the Beat Generation, and most significantly here tonight is he was a record collector. In 1950, Smith received a Guggenheim grant for his uh, work in abstract film. He took the money, he moved from 
Washington State, where he lived, into New York City. And (laughs) when his money ran out, he decided that maybe he could do something with his record collection to make a few extra bucks. He approached Mo Ash at the time, the owner of Folkways Records, first the Ash label, then Folkways Records, was an important early label that put out American folk music, one of the earliest labels that really focused on it. And he proposed to Ash that he would create a series of LPs, I think there were six originally, called the Anthology of American Folk Music. Finally came out in 1952, and it reflected Smith's interest in early jug bands, blues, folk recordings, country. Now, that sounds like big deal. Well, at the time, there was no outlet for this music at all. You couldn't get it if you found the record. Maybe you heard the musicians. But, you know, we didn't have Spotify. We didn't even have a radio that was playing this type of music. So you had to go out there in the trenches and dig for it and look for it. Smith also had a very uncanny sense of sequencing, and he sequenced these six LPs. LPs brilliantly, sort of thematically, if you will say. And it just became an incredibly important source for all these young people that were interested in this music. I mean, not everyone was out there like a crazy man knocking on doors to find old 78s, but now they were able to buy this series of LPs that had all these wonderful, mysterious American performers, Americana, and what uh, Gerald Marcus uh, later said, the old weird America. (laughs) Yeah, the old weird America. I like that, and I used to think that was such a great explanation of some of this early music, but the old Weird America is back. I'm sorry, folks, but that's another story. Anyway, Smith was a pioneer. This series of LPs was influential to everyone from Bob Dylan to Jim Queskin to Judy Collins, anyone at the time who was growing up and seeking to discover our rich roots in folk music. And here's a recording that first appeared, reissued, I should say, it originally appeared 30 years earlier on a very sparsely distributed 78. But here is a recording that just about every folky became familiar with. Thank you, Harry Smith. Good girl, everybody knows She'd pay a hundred dollars For hours, one suit of clothes He's a man, and he done it wrong Frankie went down to the corner saloon Didn't go to be gone long
called Albert. Albert says, I don't hear. If you don't come to the woman you love, gonna haul you out of here. Use my man, and you done me wrong. Frankie shot Albert, and she shot him three or four times. Says, throw back, out to smoke him a gun, let me see his Albert dine. He's my man, and he done me wrong. judge walked down the stand and walked outside the side. The judge says to Frankie, you're gonna be justified. Killing the man, and he done you wrong. Dark was the night, cold was on the ground. The last word I heard Frankie said, I'm laid old Albert down. He's my man, and he done me wrong. I ain't gonna tell no story, and I ain't gonna tell no lies. Well, I would pass about an hour ago, the girl you call Alice Pride. He's your man, and he done you wrong. Mississippi John Hurt in the recording that sparked the attention of so many young folk lovers, Frankie, his version of Frankie and Johnny, Frankie and Albert, the classic American folk tune, first brought back by Harry Smith on his anthology. And for years, people studied that recording, tried to learn how to play that lovely, impeccable style of finger picking that Hurt was so well known for. And when they brought Mississippi John Hurt to the Newport Folk Festival in 1963, it was a revelation. The music seemed so foreign to everyone and so from a distant land. And here was Mississippi John Hurt in the flesh performing live at the Newport Folk Festival in 1963. It was really like a musical second coming of you-know-who to so many people. I mean, city, urban, college students were paying attention to this music. They had no access to it. The world was a lot larger back then. And Harry Smith really put so many of these musicians back into the eye of several people that were interested in our roots music. And even though the music sounded like it came from a different planet, a different century, so many of these musicians were actually still around that appeared on the Smith Anthology. John Estes, besides Hurt, Clarence Ashley, Doc Boggs, several members of the Carter family, 
And they were brought out to Newport and other folk festivals, and their music just became alive again. The music of the old, weird America was finally getting the attention it deserved, largely because of Harry Smith's crazy idea about putting all this stuff out on six LPs, and Mo Ash, who always needed money to keep his record label going, and realized all he had to do is give Harry a few bucks to borrow the recordings in his collection to put out these anthologies. No one thought about going back to the record labels and clearing the copyrights, because even the record companies had no idea what these recordings were back then. Riding. That's the Revelator. 
What's John a riding? What's John a riding? Johnson and his wife, Angeline. And prior to that, you heard Ernest Phipps and his Holiness Singers. They were um, from a church in Kentucky. They were part of an Anglo-American Holiness Church. And they first recorded at the legendary Bristol Sessions just before the Carter family, believe it or not. So they came out of that amazing discovery of folk music that Ralph Peer recorded for Victor. And uh, also that same session brought us not only the Carter family, but Jimmy Rogers. Uh, Blind Willie Johnson was a Texas evangelist street singer, uh, and he recorded fairly extensively on Columbia, and this is one of his later recordings and a really hard one to get. Um, Harry Smith 
loved to curate things. And just like his films, I would say the anthology is like this crazy montage of all these different styles. And what he did was he put them into categories. I would say kind of loose categories. Uh, one was uh, ballads. Uh, volume two was social music. And then volume three is what he just called songs. So very loose categories. And in social music, he also had a lot of religious things. And the two tracks that you just heard were on volume two of the anthology on the social music volume, volume two, as I said, you know, um, a lot of people that sought out the anthology in its earliest years, I would say, you know, it, it was never really distributed that well. Uh, Moses Ash's label was very small, very niche label, putting out old folk music and obviously the anthology, but it appealed to a lot of college kids that were really looking for something different from the sort of plastic pop music that they were being inundated with. And I really think that this is really the birth of the whole movement that we, we think about when we think about the late 60s and all the music that emerged that was so different from the pop music of the day, although it became pop music. You know, the Beatles became pop music. Canned Heat, which were playing basically blues from the 20s, became the pop music of the day. But the Harry Smith anthology was really the beginning of this, where people from urban areas were really seeking out this rural Americana. One of the anthology performers that wound up at the Newport Folk Festival, and we'll play a few others, but we're going to play a track by Doc Boggs right now. Boggs was born in the late 1890s in Norton, Virginia, which was a coal mining town in the Virginia panhandle. And he was influenced by local African-American music that he heard in his region. And his banjo playing has a real blues feel to it. And here is his classic Sugar Babe. I've got no sugar baby now All I can do for see peace with you And I can't get along this away Can't get along this away All I can do is all I can say I will sing it to your mama next day Sing it to your mama next day Got no use for a red rocking chair. I've got no honey baby now. Got no sugar baby now. Who rocked the cradle, who sang the song? Who rocked the cradle when I'm gone? Who rocked the cradle when I'm gone? I'll rock the cradle, I'll sing the song. I'll rock the cradle when you gone. I'll rock the cradle when you gone. 
all I can do, that's all I can say. I will send you to your mama next payday. Later in the shade, give her ever dime I made. What more could a poor boy do? What more could a poor boy do? I've got no honey baby now, got no sugar baby now. Sell I can see, I've done all I can do, and I can't make a living with you, can't make a living with you.
Honest cuckoo, tell her for the July. Clarence Tom Ashley with his version of the Cuckoo Bird on the ballads volume of the anthology. And Ashley was born in 1895. Uh, he was from East Tennessee. And he, he worked as a musician and recorded in the 20s with uh, uh, the Carolina Tar Heels, the Blue Ridge Mountain Entertainers, Bird Moore, a lot of, a lot of people that made country records at the time, Ashley's Melody Men. And, you know, he played music for quite some time, but by the mid-40s, he had stopped playing. He, he had suffered a hand injury and really went back to work farming, sawmilling, and hustling, as he, as he said. When he was a musician, he used to work on the street, you know, for uh, passing the hat as a busker. But later on, around 1960, uh, Ralph Ritzler, who was one of the essential folklorists for the early Newport Folk Festival— he discovered uh, Ashley uh, performing in Union Grove, North Carolina, at one of the fiddle conventions, and he brought him back. And until the end of his life in 1967, Ashley was with a heady crowd, including including Alan Lomax. He appeared in college universities, everywhere, in all the folk clubs that were so big back in the day. The folk revival was at its peak in the early 60s, and Ashley was a big part of it. One of my favorite of the later-day folk people, meaning the folk revivalist Dave Van Ronk, got to know Dave a little bit uh, the last, say, 15 years of his life. We were part of a folk cooperative in New York. Anyway, Dave uh, famously said that they all knew him and his friends every Every song on the anthology, the words to everyone, including the ones they hated. <laughs> that just shows you how influential this collection was. Remember the time, just before the war, colored man used to put about shift and show. But now, bless God, old Ma said, colored man plumb cool about the bed. He, he, my dear, and he said, oh, Lord, I'm bound to go. I hear my baby cry, me, me, honey, oh, Lord, I'm bound to go, wee, baby, Lord, I'm bound to go. I 
downtown, didn't mean no harm. Police grabbing right by my arm. Till I began to fit, I began to rap. Felt like strolling in the air. Ooh, ooh baby, oh, road I'm bound to go. Downtown doing my best, find the boys I stole the best. Went on round about the coast square, find the boys I done stole the coat. <laughs> baby, oh Lord, I'm bound to go. I knew you rude was in the stand, had them law books in his hand. I began to pitch the cloud rip, get read to me, then they could be dealing the poetry. Baby, oh road, I'm bound to go. Britain molded brown, I'm going cross trip, keep going to town. <laughs> Baby, over the road I'm bound to go.
corners now. Andrew and Jim Baxter recorded in 1928 for Victor Records. They were a father and son duet, black string band, really, and they were from uh, Calhoun, Georgia, and they recorded for Victor several times on their own, and and famously, I would say, um, perhaps on the first interracial session that came out on the Hillbilly series, any of the Hillbilly series of records in the 20s. They recorded G-Rag with the Georgia Yellowhammers. Prior to the Baxters, which really, they go back to a tradition that's pre-blues, back to the 19th century, really. And it's square dance music. It's dance music. And the Baxters were very, very popular in an area where there were quite a few African-American and white string bands. Very popular style in the 1920s and prior in that part of Georgia. Before that, we heard the famous Gus Cannon and his Jug Stompers playing Feather Bed. Both of these tracks that you've heard appeared on different volumes of the anthology. I believe Georgia Stomp was on the social music edition, or I should say volume, and the Gus Cannon was on the songs. I guess distinctions were made deep within the mind of Harry Smith, and many, many people have tried to figure it out. But, you know, somehow his sequencing on this anthology is, in my opinion, part of its success. Perhaps a small part, but the way he juxtaposed different songs on different volumes is really important to the overall effect and power of the American anthology of folk music. In fact, it was said that Smith's presentation was really a departure from the more social and politically oriented folk song collections that came out in the 30s, 40s, and early 50s. He really tried to avoid localized historical and social commentary. Instead, it was more of a terse, evocative synopsis. Riffs, yeah, I'd call them riffs, written in the manner of telegraphic messages or newspaper headlines as though from an otherworldly realm. And this is really, you know, what you see in Harry Smith's work. I mean, he also collected string. He collected masks. And his apartment in New York was filled with all these odd, odd collections that he obsessed about through the years. He wound up selling his great record collection because he always needed money. And I believe Mo Ash actually bought the lion's share of Harry Smith's record collection. Where they have gone since then, I have no idea. It's been open to speculation. I'm assuming that some of the earlier collectors in the New York area probably scarfed them up because Moash clearly wasn't a record collector. He was interested in money, though, so I'm sure he sold them to people like Kaufman and perhaps Pete Whalen got in on it. Pete's still around. Hi, Pete, if you're listening. Did you buy any of Harry Smith's records? Anyway, here is another great tune from the anthology. I hope you enjoy
John Henry told his captain, Captain, how can it be? The big men tunnel on the Tindall Road. Gonna be the last of me, Lord knows. Gonna be the last of me. Brothers and Curry in 1927, their version of the legendary John Henry, they call this one Gonna Die with a Hammer in My Hand. Uh, Williamson Brothers and Curry were a string band based in Logan County, West Virginia, and they accompanied um, Frank Hutchinson, another early and great country artist who appears on the anthology. They accompanied him to Atlanta for the first sessions that they made, and um, for OK Records, by the way. The Williamson brothers uh, continued performing in Logan County for quite a few years after their 1920 sessions. Since we talked about Frank Hutchinson, let's play him. Here is Frank Hutchinson's version of another folk classic that has been recorded thousands of times, probably, Staggerly. All in alley, one dark and riddling eye. Billy Lines and Stegley had one terrible fight all about. That John B. said, Johnny. Stegley walked to the bar room and a cold glass of beer. He turned around to Billy Lines and what are you done here? Waiting for the train. Please bring one on. 
Staggly, oh Staggly, please don't take my life. I've got three little children and a weep and love and my pure bad man, bad man Staggly. God bless your children, I'll take care of your wife. You stole my John B. Now I'm bound to take your life all about. That John B. said to me. Staggly turned to Bill Lines and he shot him right through the head. Only taking one shot to kill Billy Lines, did all about. That John B. said to him. Sent for the doctor, well, the doctor he did come. Good morning, old oh, Staggly, now what have you done, you bad man? Bad man, Staggly. Six big horses. Retard had. They taken him to the cemetery. They failed to bring him back all about. That John B. said to him, Looking for old Staggly then. All in alley, thought he heard a bulldog bark. It must have been old Staggly stumbling in the dark. He's a bad man. Go land him right back in hell. How'd he catch old Staggly? High police walked on to Staggly, he's lying fast asleep. High police to Staggly, he jumped for 40 feet, he's a bad man. Well, let him right back in jail. Got old Staggly, they light him way back in jail. They couldn't get a man around, go Staggly, it fell all about. That John B. said, turn it. Staggly said to the jailer, jailer, I can't sleep. From my bedside, Bill lies begin to creep all about. That John B. said to Along with John Henry, I think Staggerly. As John, as Frank Hutchinson calls it here, Stackley. Both of those tunes are really probably the most covered of all the folk tunes. I'm probably wrong about that, but they're clearly in the top 10. There's no doubt about that. Well, folks, we're getting towards the end, and I hope you've enjoyed my little lesson on the American Folk Anthology and Harry Smith. We'll call it Harry Smith 101 because there's so much more to listen to and so much more to learn about Harry Smith. You know, he, with William Burroughs and so many other people, he lived in New York at the Chelsea Hotel for many, many years. And he wound up finally moving. I don't know exactly why, but he moved to Seattle in the late 1970s where he finally passed away in 1991. But he kept quite a bit of correspondence with people asking about the folk anthology. His films are preserved at the anthology film archives in New York, where I worked as an intern when I was at NYU. So I'm going to say goodnight now. We'll leave you with the remaining time with as much of the folk music we could squeeze in from the anthology. And then you'll hear the famous good night from us. So have a great week and hopefully you'll tune in again next week. Joe Lauro, American Grooves Radio Hour right here on WLIW 88.3 on your radio dial. Drain on, I don't see
got his wheel, go tell my two lovers can't roll the wheel. I can't roll the wheel, lovers, I can't roll the wheel. Thought he had his blow, lovers, thought he had his blow. Tell my true love, sick and I can't go. Sick and I can't go. I can't move the wheel. Straight on, not earnest and not yet it's real. Go tell my true love, happy I do feel.
Smith wants everything to be just right, darling. Smith wants everything to be just right, darling. Smith wants everything to be just right. The law's gonna get you if you get tired, darling. I'm gonna buy my little camper gun, darling. I'm gonna buy my little camper gun, darling. I'm gonna buy my little camper gun, for then I think I can buy a little rum, darling. Radio Hour is brought to you weekly on WLIW-FM, Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats. 